welcome to the I2 podcast. Our passion is to see the influence in everyone lead to impact everywhere. I'm so excited to jump into our episode today. Are you ready? Let's go. So good to be here on this episode, here with one of my good friends, mentor, uh, just somebody who I admire and, and really look up to, Pastor Mark Ashton, the lead pastor at Christ Community Church. Pastor Mark, how you doing? Thank you for having me on here. I am doing great today. Excited to be a part of your uh, little show. Man, so good to be with you, and we are here recording in your studio at your church. That's right. So thanks for letting us use your space. Uh, really excited to just dive in and, and talk about uh, this idea of using our influence to see impact in the world around us. You are an influential leader in our city. Mm. Obviously, you've been at Christ Community Church for some time. How long have you been now the lead pastor at Christ Community Church? A little over 13 years now. Wow. Came out in the spring of 2006, and wow. it's been a ball ever since. I cannot believe it has been that long. I know. I know. It goes by. Just a, a little history. Where did you come from? Where were you before you came to Christ Community Church, and what was your kind of role there? So immediately before Christ Community Church, I was at Willow Creek Community Church in the Chicago suburbs, a large uh, independent church, and uh, I was the pastor of evangelism, pastor of spiritual discovery. Yep. I did apologetics, theology, reaching out to people. Generally, my job was to help the church turn outward mm. towards people that were not in the church, Yes, to be able to reach them, serve them, love them uh, where they're at. I-, I love that. That's exactly why we're having this conversation right yeah. now. Yeah, because yeah. of your heart for that. I, I would love to go back even just a little farther. Yeah. What was it in your life, either on your faith journey, some experiences you had that really caused you to have that outward uh, heart, passion, evangelism? I mean, what, what birthed that, that in you? Well, it's interesting because it started my freshman year at the University of Illinois. Okay. So here I am, move into a dorm. I come from a church-ish background. You mm. know, actually it was a solid church, but my heart wasn't really solid into it. And uh, so for the first semester, I did a double life. I had half of the time where I'm hanging out with the fraternity crowd, the bar crowd, yep. getting drunk, living life large. And then the other half of the time, I had some friends who knew me from my church life in mm. high school that were dragging me to Varsity, which yep. is a Christian group on campus. And so as I live this double life, I get to a point, this is a whole story in itself, where God confronts me with my own hypocrisy mm. and says, you got to make a choice. Wow. You know, you can go one way or the other, but I was not going to live my life as a hypocrite. So I come to faith in Jesus at this point, and I'm caught in this place where I've got these genuine friends, people mm. I really like, people who are like close to me that I've been partying with, wow. but now I've decided that I'm going to go the way of Jesus. And I realize that in the way of Jesus, eternity hangs in the balance mm. for those guys. And if I don't, if I really love them, then I'm going to tell them the truth and reach out to them. Mm. And that's where my heart for sharing my faith started. It wow. wasn't like a big generic theological thing. Right. It was just... Little John, the guy who lives next door to me, mm. man, if he doesn't come to know Jesus, his eternity matters in this right. moment. And so I started talking with him, sharing with him, you know, inviting him to a little Bible study that was on our dorm floor, and mm. eventually that grew, and I found that people were interested, and from there it just kind of rolled on. Wow. Yeah. I-, I love that story, and I feel like I can relate in so many ways, and I'm sure so many people can. You talk about the double life that you were living mm. and caught in two worlds. Mm-hmm. And I love how your personal experience mm-hmm. and what God did in your life and 
and started in your heart, started to change you. And then he said, you you felt compelled. Man, I've got to tell other people about this. Eternity yeah. hangs in the balance. That's right. It's powerful. It is. It is. And, and it's just amazing how all of us, where we are and what we're doing as a result of what God has done in us, first and foremost. So true. So true. I thought you were an Ill, uh, an Illini alumni. Now, didn't you play volleyball there? I did. Come yeah, on, yeah. man. So uh, back in the day, uh, there actually was no volleyball team at the University of Illinois. Okay. So me and my buddy, Scotty Kozak, we started the team. Come on. And that's how you get on the team. That's the <laughs> easiest way to get on a team is like you start that. the team, recruit the best people to hang out around you. And so we, uh, my sophomore year, actually had the first version of the University of Illinois uh, men's volleyball team and kind of grew it and developed it over the next four years. Funny story is that by the time I got to my fifth year, the guys we had recruited were so much better than us that I couldn't even start on the team anymore. That's and a leader so, right there. That's right. That's exactly what happened. I left the team in the hands of other people because they were better than me. That's so cool. Yeah. A, a key point, key takeaway is if you want to be on the team, start the team. There you go. There you go. That's the exact way to do it. I, so I, it was fun. It was fun to play there. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I love your journey. I love your story. So today, obviously, last 13 years, you're leading here at Christ Community Church. Mm-hmm. You've had this heart for evangelism, this, this heart really that, to see the church not just just experience God for themselves, but take the message of the gospel to other people. Mm-hmm. When you came to Christ Community, how did you start to implement that heartbeat, that mindset? What did you do from a leadership perspective to say, all right, God, you've given me this church. Mm-hmm. I want to see us be a church that is for people and for our city. Yeah, well, when it comes to uh, reaching out to people outside of the walls of the church, that was one of the key things that they said they wanted us to change. Yep. And I started, started out by celebrating wins and telling stories. Yep. So every time people came to faith, you know, we told the story of people mm. coming to faith. I would do public invitations for people to receive Christ, which was yep. not normal uh, at the time when I was uh, coming here. And one of the biggest deals is we started something called Baptism on the Green, where when we had people who came to faith in Christ, they go public in their faith by getting baptized. Our church at the time had mostly been baptizing like fourth and fifth graders who had gone through a little curriculum. Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to that, but I just think the full spectrum of people, you know, particularly adults, are coming to faith in Christ, and we don't want baptism to just be a kid thing. Right. So I taught it, cast the vision for it, and that summer we had 250 people get baptized in Jesus' name. Come on. Some of them brand new to the faith, some of them had been around a long time, mm. but what we did is we pushed it into the public arena so that people were yeah. celebrating the right things. And then we taught it, so we taught seminars on a regular basis. Mm. We helped to encourage people uh, to do that. We partnered with Bridge Church, I'm sure we're going to be talking yep. about this, uh, in a way that helped people to get out of their comfort zones, mm. which for us is West Omaha for most people, to head out to North Omaha, meet some real people, get eyeball to eyeball with folks, realize this is not nearly as scary as I thought it might be, right. and you can have a world of impact right in your own backyard and uh, down the street. Yep. I, lo- I love that story. I love the old saying, what you celebrate gets repeated. Mm, so and true. And so you started to celebrate one of the most significant decisions, the most significant decision a person can make. That's right. And which is followed up with baptism. Yeah. And uh, just really creating a culture of celebration around that. So good. So fun. Yeah. So you started to kind of try to shift the culture, mm-hmm. try to... Uh, help the church understand the power and significance of baptism, making that decision. Mm -hmm. What about when it comes to helping the church get outside of the walls? You talked about Bridge Church, Mm -hmm. uh, Abide. Your church has been so instrumental in North Omaha and the role that you guys have played there. 
talk to me a little bit about that and, and, and just uh, I, I want people to know that really talking to you, I wanted to talk about the power of the church mm-hmm. in our city. Mm-hmm. Because you as an individual, Christ Community as a church, some of the things within the city that we're a part of. But what about Christ Community in terms of your role in North Omaha? Why was that important for you? Mm. Well, I would have to say, just in full transparency, is it was important to the church before I got there. Okay. We've been working for about 20 years to try and begin initiatives in uh, North Omaha, to try and start things to bring about transformation, just because we realized there's poverty there, there's high crime rates, and we wanted to be involved in the places with the highest need. But what we were frustrated in is that the initiatives that we started were not particularly effective. Mm. We, we weren't hitting it out of the park. We were seeing a lot of people that we reached out to going right back to the same old behaviors. Yep. And so what we said is we need somebody who's really indigenous to North Omaha, yep. somebody who lives there, someone who is a friend there, who knows the turf. And instead of us coming in to try and invent things from mm-hmm. West Omaha, we just need to bet on a winner. Yeah. And so Bridge Church, Josh Dotzler was uh, part of the solution to that, that we said, man, they are there, they're living it out, and uh, it's one of our most important pieces of our missions philosophy, is whenever we're out of our own particular environment, we find somebody who's already Mm. doing things well, we get behind them and help them to succeed as much as possible. Uh, You know, the downside is that Christ Community doesn't get as much of the credit, but our goal is that we want Jesus to get all of the credit anyway. Right. Uh, So we just go in where people are already doing it and help them to thrive in their their, uh, mission. Yeah, I mean, you guys have been amazing. You you don't get enough credit, Mm -hmm. and I know I don't get to say it enough, but I am personally just so grateful for your leadership for Christ Community Church. Because you really did take a risk <laughs> on mm-hmm. me, on Bridge Church. We were talking about an early experience when you came and, and spoke at our church. And yeah. just when I look back, I think about the rawness. I think about your just flexibility and willingness to come down. I mean, here you are. Every week you speak in front of thousands of people. You come down to our church. There's maybe... 200 people (laughs) packed in this little old building. Every time you took a pause break, I was hoping that nobody heard the crickets that were in the background. They were real crickets. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And, um... But just the the way you guys stepped out in faith uh, and yeah. believed in us, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think about where we are today, and yeah. so I just want to say, man, thank you. Oh man, obviously love you, but so grateful that you guys were willing to take that risk mm-hmm. at such an early stage. I would say even in our ministry and growth. Well, and it's been a joy, and I'll tell you part of what's so exciting about that for us is that Bridge Church is and was reaching people we were never going to reach. Yeah. So sure, I'm used to the kind of buttoned up, well-programmed services that we do at Christ Community Church, but seeing the teenage and 20-something electricity, the atmosphere going, man, those kids are never going to drive to Dodge and 680 in order to be able to go to church. Unless somebody who knows their culture puts a church where they live, they're not going to get reached. And so for me, it was just a thrill to be able to be there and see, man, another corner of the city is being reached and discipled and... Uh, I couldn't be more excited about that. Yeah, definitely a, a, a rawness there. Absolutely. I mean, so as you guys have been apart now for several years, and, and we're working with Bridge and now even Mission Church, and mm-hmm. what's the impact you've seen with Christ Community's investment in North Omaha up to this point? Oh, man. So it's hard to uh, encapsulate all of the impact. Yeah. So a little bit uh, from our side would be our people's hearts are changed. Yes. Uh, they're yes. not afraid to go to North Omaha. They have friends in North Omaha. There's real relationships there, and they love the people that are there. Mm. Uh, many of them have been involved in 
building or, or renovating lighthouses alongside yep. of you, in uh, doing special events and neighborhood cleanups. And it's just there's a much higher city ownership. Mm-hmm. But, of course, what I see happening at Bridge itself is that people's lives are being changed one at a time. Yep. That kids and students are being reached. Adults are being challenged. People who are marginalized are being welcomed and accepted mm-hmm. in community. So people are moving from isolation into relationships with people. Yep. Uh, folks that were on a bad path towards you know crime or dropping out of school, all of a sudden they discover new life in Jesus, yep. and it changes the whole path of their life. Yep. So, you know, crime rates dropping, education rates going up, people connecting with God. It's just so many wins along the way Mm -hmm. that it's a joy to be a part of it. So so many leaders, I would say, have been invested in, raised up as a result of the ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would agree. And and really, I even wanted to touch on what you mentioned earlier, the impact it's had on your people and your church. Right. You talked about people's hearts being opened up. Mm -hmm. When you think about a a follower of Jesus... Mm -hmm. And our role to live in relationship with him, but also to get out of the seats into the streets to impact the world around us. Mm-hmm. How important is it for people in the church to really get outside of our comfort zone and go to places like a North Omaha that maybe mm-hmm. aren't as comfortable for us? Yeah. Well, if you want to become like Jesus, one of the key things we recognize that Jesus did is he went and took his disciples outside of their comfort zones. Yep. So in New Testament geography, that would mean you're moving from uh, Judea or Galilee yep. into Samaria, the next-door neighbors who are different than them, different ethnically, different religiously. But Jesus went beyond that. He went to places like uh, Syrophoenicia yep. and the Decapolis. Mm. Can which you spell are... that for me? <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't think... I can't. I don't think if you, you could pay me enough to get that. <laughs> Uh, but these are basically neighboring cities and yeah. environments where he's taking the disciples there on purpose mm. because the people are different. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that Jesus will do things like, for instance, uh, most people have heard about the feeding of the 5,000, yep. which he did in the Jewish area in Galilee. Mm. But then the second time when he did the feeding of the 4,000, he did the exact same miracle in the Decapolis, where all of the people who were Come kind on. of the rabble rousers, mm. the you know the folks that Jewish people wouldn't hang out with, they were all there. And what he was teaching them is that the bread of life is not just for people wow. like you. Come on, it's for people who are different than you. Mm. So for my people, if I'm trying to become like Jesus, if my people are trying to become like Jesus, yep. then you've got to reach out to people who are not just the same as you, mm. but people who live next door and are different than you. And so for North Omaha, that's been a perfect place yeah. for us to say, hey. These are our neighbors. Mm. They're right down the street. They're a little bit different than us, but they matter to God just wow. the same. Come on. I always learn something from you. <laughs> and uh, you, I mean, you just drop wisdom, and you do it in such a practical, tangible way. Mm. It, it, recently, I read Andy Stanley's book, Irresistible. Yeah. And he talked about this idea that to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said your, yourself, it wasn't just personally you. It was people that were like you. Right on. Family, friends, those that look like you and yourself. Obviously, Jesus goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. Jew and Samaritan, people who were opposite. They were different than each other. Right. And painted the exact picture that you just talked about when mm-hmm. it comes to those of us who who say we follow Jesus. Absolutely. Obviously, we're in, we're in North Omaha, and I mean, it's it's huge when people uh, decide to move beyond their comfort zone to come to North Omaha to make a difference. What about, as you think about business leaders, mothers, because one of our passions is everybody's got influence. Mm -hmm. And that influence, I believe God wants to use 
for, for them to have impact in whatever world he's called them to, not just in places like North Omaha. Mm-hmm. How do you help people who have influence, which is everybody, in mm-hmm. your church really see themselves as influencers in the spaces that they live, work, serve, and, and they are? Boy, it's something that uh, I hope we're constantly working on. You know, mm-hmm. the more we have new people that wind up coming, the more you have to constantly retrain them in that mentality yep. of how do I how do I act like a leader, a person of influence where I am? So some of it happens through our messages. You know, mm-hmm. it's a part of our messaging all the time that our goal is to be uh, somebody who's on mission to reach one more. Yep. Even just this last Sunday, I was uh, talking with our folks about how God's call on your life is not to reach a million people. Mm. There's going to be very few people yep. that are an all-star that reaches a million, or 10,000, or 1,000, or put any number on it that you want. Yep. I don't think God's plan is for a million, or for one person to reach a million. Mm-hmm. It's for a million people to Come each on. reach one. Come on. And if each of us is owning our turf, the mm. spaces where we live, work, and play. If we own that turf and we say, my job is to reach the guy in the cubicle next to me. Mm. My job is to reach the mom who's across the street. My job is to reach the soccer player on my sports team. And all of a sudden, everybody owns that one person, and we find the message of Jesus multiplying citywide. You just have to figure out what's the space that God has Mm. given me, and when he does, you use it for his glory. Yep. And, and, And whatever that space is, again, whether it's a mother, whether it's a business leader, whether it's a athlete on mm-hmm. his team. God's given us all a space. I love that. You got to own your turf. Mm-hmm. Know your turf, own your turf, and then, man, be Jesus on that turf. Right on. So you helped champion, mm-hmm. I call you the champion of the Within Reach movement. Yeah. And really, it's it's an extension of what you just talked about for our city. Yeah. Tell us what is Within Reach, mm-hmm. and how did even this vision get birthed in you? Yeah. It's interesting that when uh, I felt like God was inviting me to move from the Chicago suburbs to Omaha, that the vision was not to build a bigger, badder, faster church. Mm. The vision was to reach the city with the good news of Jesus. Wow. I knew that Christ Community Church would be a key player in making that happen, mm. but our dream was not just for Christ Community to thrive, but for the gospel to thrive. So partnering with Bridge Church was one key to that. We've planted, I think, eight different churches uh, since I've been here, and most of them, seven of them, in Omaha. Mm. And uh, we're so grateful to see those churches thriving and then multiplying. And then there's Within Reach, and Within Mm -hmm. Reach is a connection of churches that uh, most of them we didn't plant, some of them we planted, but most of them we did not plant. And it says, what are the things that we say we can buy in together in order that the city might be reached? Yeah. And now there's four key things that we looked at. One of them is that each one of us is reaching one more person. Mm -hmm. Second one is that we're planting churches. The third one is that we are extending, unleashing, unprecedented compassion on on our city. And then the fourth one is that we're developing young leaders. Mm. And all the churches say those four things we're going to be committed to. So I got together with some of my buddies who had become friends uh, over the years, and I said, I think we can do this better Mm -hmm. together, to coin a bridge phrase, better together than we can do separately. Mm. If we put together a kind of coalition of churches that we're all trying to do this and inspire each other and encourage each other, uh, it's not a movement about unity, but it should inspire unity. It's not a movement about prayer, but it should inspire prayer. Uh, It's a movement about accomplishing the mission that God has called us to. So I asked a few buddies if they wanted to be on board. They universally said, yes, how soon can we start? 
And pretty soon this little movement was started in Omaha. And it's fun because you've got everything from Presbyterians to Pentecostals, big churches, small churches, multi-ethnic churches, single ethnic churches. But we're all saying, hey, we'll keep the main thing the main thing and get it done. Yeah, I, I think it's been one of the highlights of what God has done in our city over the last handful of years. Mm-hmm. How many years has Within Reach officially been going now? Officially, we're in our fourth year. Fourth year, okay. Yep. Yep. I, I remember when you were kind of starting to have those conversations. I remember being with a group of young leaders that you were kind of investing in and, yeah. and sitting around, and you asked that question, hey, do you think our city can be reached? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for many of us, it was the first time somebody had asked that question. Yeah, yeah. And you were kind of priming the pr- pump. And, and, and I w- I'll say this, I, I've learned so much from you from a leadership perspective. <laughs> but I love how... God gave you this vision and maybe even word as you're transitioning from Chicago to Omaha. Mm-hmm. And you kind of probably kept uh, thinking, pondering, planning a little bit in your own mind, but then you really started to uh, collaborate and yeah. start to invite people into the conversation. I just want to know just a little bit, your process mm-hmm. for seeing that vision become a reality, I think was so important because it built a level of relational equity yeah, yeah, that allowed a movement like that to really go. And, and, and what I've heard, people come from the outside and they say, oh my goodness, you guys really like each other. The mm. pastors, leaders in this city, there's something special. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, you know, as far as the vision goes, we did sit on it for nine years. Nine years, wow. And the truth is, I did not have the chips in the bank to even call the meeting, yes. you know, to even say, hey, can you come and let's talk about this yep. uh, until that time. So I felt like God worked it deep in my heart, but mm. gave me a red light on actually executing it until wow. it got to a point. And I didn't master plan all this. I just yeah. thought my next step is to invest in. And your mm. mentoring group was one of those things. I mm. said, well, let's invest in some young pastors in town, introduce them to each other. And there's kind of a, a large church pastors town or in town luncheon that happens once a month. I go to those. And so we really genuinely were friends before we started. Mm. It wasn't like I'm calling guys out of the blue and saying, hey, let's start this vision. It was, I'm calling my friends. Mm. And uh, once you get that relational equity, leadership is a lot easier because trust is high. Yes. Like we've walked through some hard times together. We've prayed for each other. Mm -hmm. We've helped each other with problems in our churches, uh, with difficult people. But once you're there... You can cast a vision, and people say, mm-hmm. I trust that person, Yes, and so I'll buy into the vision, and let's do it together. Yeah, so good. Yeah. One of my favorite phrases, <clears throat> we were just part of the Global Leadership Summit, Yeah, and uh, the, one of the speakers that was getting interviewed said that the best negotiation mm-hmm. is actually a collaboration. Oh, that's so good. And personally, I know I can try to get people to buy into what I want them to buy into, mm-hmm. but genuine collaboration, collaboration says we can both get what we want in the end. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was the process that you played out. And, and I just, I love that word too, for nine years, mm-hmm. God gave you that vision and it marinated in your heart and, mm-hmm. and you thought about it and, and tried to get the relational equity to see that vision become a reality. When God gives us a vision, we don't. It doesn't always just happen. Mm-hmm. And so, wherever your place of influence is, God's going to give you vision. Mm-hmm. But man, it takes connection, relational equity. There's a process sometimes before that vision becomes a reality. It's so true. And I even think of the other speaker at the leadership summit who said, "Dream small." Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't, yes. you know, hey, let's do this with a jillion people. It yeah. was a let's build relationships with a few, yep. and then build on that and build on that to be able to make something that turns out to be a big wave. Yep. Uh, but boy, it started small. I know you're a numbers guy. Mm-hmm. What are some of the numbers or highlights that we've seen uh, through the efforts of Within Reach? 
Yeah, so one of the things that uh, we would know nationwide from church statistics is that the average church baptizes just under 1% of its people. Our Within Reach Network is baptizing 7% of their attendance every year, Mm. which is an incredible outreach percentage. When you think that the average church in America is shrinking by 1% or 2%, and we're reaching 7% in our churches, it's it's an amazing thing. And the other thing that's amazing is that if you add up all of our churches together, this isn't true of every church, but if you add up all of our churches as a conglomerate, then our growth rate has been about 7% as well. So 7% of people being reached and 7% growth. What that means is, on average, this is certainly not, uh, doesn't stick with every person, but on average, people are getting reached, and then they're being discipled in our Mm. churches. And uh, that's the dream of the local church. And if we keep this rate up, you say I'm a numbers guy, I am. If we keep this rate up, then in just over 10 years, we will have doubled the number of people in churches, uh, the within-reach churches, uh, through both the churches we have and the churches that we're planting, mm. and that's in an era when church growth is going south uh, in terms of the the nation as a whole and Omaha in particular. Yep, phenomenal. Yeah, I mean you're leading incredibly in our city. The church is not the same because of your influence, mm. Christ community, your influence there. As we wrap up, I think one of the things I love about you the most is the way that you love your family Mm, and your wife and your kids. And I got to watch a talk where you had one of your daughters on stage. Yeah. And she shared, I mean, bright young girl, and and she was up there with you. What does that look like for you to intentionally make sure that, first and foremost, your influence is on those closest to you, your family, your kids— and then as you lead in those other spaces. Yeah, yeah. So I probably have to admit, first of all, I've just been super blessed Yeah. <laughs> with a great wife and great kids, and uh, I know that parenting formulas don't always work, even when people are great parents. Right. Uh, but I've been blessed with a really good situation. Mm. Part of the things I do to try and create a fertile atmosphere for that is uh, watch my time carefully for the amount of time that I'm going to be gone from my family. Mm. Uh, I tend to be a guy who works hard and I play hard. So I work hard at work. I play hard at home. I invest well here. I invest well there. Mm. But I don't do a lot of just kind of coasting uh, in my life. So I'm always very intentional about where I'm investing. And usually that means I'm gone two nights a week, maybe three, and that I'm at home five nights a week to be there investing in my kids and my family. I try to be a student of each of my kids and what Mm. their gifts and strengths are and to accelerate those gifts and strengths rather than fitting them into a mold. And then the last thing is I try to uh, open up doors for them spiritually whenever I can Mm. related to their their bent, their gifting. Mm. Uh, So that may be introducing them to strategic people who live... The, the kind of gifts that they have, who do the kinds of things they do. It may be serving opportunities. Mm. It may be conferences or camps. And I go, in our budget, if I'm going to sacrifice somewhere, it's never in sending my kids to Christian conferences or camps. Mm. Uh, even that same daughter, Haven, wow. who's uh, 15 years old now and yep. loves to be a public speaker and, uh, and so forth, I brought her with to the Global Leadership Summit, 15 years old. Come on. Uh, because she is an emerging leader. Mm. She knows she is, and she wants to grow in that. I'm like... Well, Come let me on. take you along to where leadership is taught, and mm. she's she's going to become quite a great leader, you know, by God's grace. Wow! Uh, but you you find out those fertile places in a kid's life, and you invest in them and help them grow. Wow! So good. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to go back and listen <laughs> to this <laughs> podcast just because I appreciate all the wisdom, insight. Again, 
Love you. Love your family, your wife. So thankful for your church, Christ community. Thankful for Within Reach and all that's happening. And just excited for how God is going to continue to use you as we move forward. And I can't wait for people to hear this. So thank you so much, Pastor Mark Ashton from Christ Community Church. Thank you for having me Can we give it up for him, everybody? (laughs) So good. Thank you for joining us on our episode today. We hope you're inspired to use your influence to impact your world.